Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, July 27th, 2021, alongside freshly shaven Ian Ferguson. Howdy. Um, freshly conditioned Pat Contry. On the show today, today we'll be talking about uh, lots of rumblings, potential, uh, not potential lawsuit coming at, at Activision over some uh, sexual discrimination and, and other bad behavior. Where we're talking about an update to uh, my favorite Amico game, Cornhole, and trouble over there in Intellivision land. We'll be doing a Patreon poll topic. We'll be talking about other ins and outs. Ian, how was your weekend? You got, you got a nice shaving. It was very good. Um, but I can't talk about most of the things that were very good. At least not yet, but I'm very excited. Wait, that's right. Exciting things happening in my Exciting life. Exciting things in Fergusonville? Exciting things. Is it Ferguson land or Fergusonville? Ferguson Land. Ferguson Land? Nah, I like Ville. I couldn't have a land. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It was fine. I played Streets of Rage. The best game ever, according to Ian. Yeah. Slowly becoming the best the best game ever in the slowly, Pantheon of video games. Slowly becoming the best game 50 years of ever. video games. It's better than Pac-Man. It's better <sighs> I, than Doom. I see, uh, I see no challengers to the throne currently. None. Um, but yeah. No, it was a very busy weekend for me, but I just can't talk about it, so... How was your that, weekend? That's all you did this weekend? Was, yeah. was, was, was be excited? pretty much all I did this weekend. Are yes. you shaped? Yeah. Fresh start. Yeah. Ian, Ian's looking a little bit more, more, you know. I was bored last night, little, so little, I figured I'd A little more streamlined. A little more aer- aerodynamic. Slightly. You, you ran, your, ran your, 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 your 40, and it was like two, two tenths of a second you took off just because the beard's gone. I, I timed you last night. <laughs> it was great. You had your, your, you're wearing your Asics gels, and it was, and it was fantastic. What did I do, Ian? Yes, what did you do? I went to Retrobalooza, Houston, and technically in Pasadena, which is like outside of Houston. It's like the suburbs area. And uh, it, it was fun. It was, it, was, it was weird and nice to see you know, people out and about. You know, um, Hopefully, most of the people were vaxxed. I was asking people here and there, and it seemed like the vast majority, at least there. They could have been lying, but people were vaxxed up. Uh, some people were wearing masks. Some weren't. I try to wear a mask when I was walking around at the booth, though. I wasn't on top of each other, so I didn't have the mask on. But, you know, I, I, I sold some books. I sold some RBI baseball stickers, which I'll get into, because I now have the official count. That's a tease for later. I have the official, or cl- as close to a count as possible. What are you doing? Uh, just, you know, trying to gauge the thickness. Yeah, it's about an eighth of a, of a millimeter. That's what I estimated. Mm. Not quite a tenth. A tenth would be like a, like a piece of paper. This is slightly more than a piece of paper, I think, uh, because you have the sticker on top. Anyway, um, you're trying to gauge it by feel. Is that it was like a mutant power? Yeah. By the way, I was going to bring up my mutant powers as well. I have three mutant powers, which I'll get into in my trip on the way back. And also, uh, I watched uh, watched the Olympics. I love I love just random Olympics. I get hoorah, hoorah, let's go USA. Women's volleyball. Spank that Chinese ass. Women's volleyball is great. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, we, oh, no, I watched rugby, then I fell asleep. U.S. rugby was, was up. I don't know who plays rugby in the U.S., but it's fun to watch rugby. Uh, but unfortunately, I think we lost uh, men's volleyball. We lost to uh, the Russians. 
for a volleyball. I like watching indoor volleyball. I think it's really fun. Six player volleyball. I think it's great. There's like strategy involved. There's, there's you know, momentum shifts. Like I was telling you earlier, one of my girlfriends in high school played volleyball, so I went and watched some of those games. And uh, I don't know, sure, yeah, it was amusing. I'll watch anything in the Olympics. I get, I get out my, you know, my my USA underoos. I'll watch swimming. I'll watch gymnastics. You watch stuff you would never watch. I'll never. I'm not going to watch gymnastics in the, during the year, but I'll watch women's gymnastics. You know, during the Olympics, I'll watch that. And I'll watch like all of it. We got <laughs> we got silver in uh, the team. We didn't get to go. We got silver. I'm not super into the Olympics. I uh, how dare you? I don't know. The Winter Olympics are interesting to me, though. See, to me, it's less because the winter is like there's less sports that I'm into. It's like I can't I can't watch bobsledding. I don't like that. You know, that someone knows. Yeah, little little tissue. There you go. Okay, thanks, Ian. You're thanks good. Out. I just wanted to let you know now. I'll blow my nose a lot. It's, a lot. it's humid this morning. Um, it is. Gonna... It's damp. It's it's, it's damp. Um. What do you like watching during the Winter Olympics? I just think the Winter Olympics is crazy. Like, those are all weird sports. Ski jump. I like watching ski jump. Bobsled. I enjoy bobsled. Luge is terrifying. Yeah, luge. That, you know what? I'll watch luge because I can't believe people do that and not die. I mean, they do die sometimes with that. Oh, one, yeah. One, one guy died in training. What was it? Olympics like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, the skiing with the shooting. Bizarre. Biathlon. Even. Biathlon, yeah. Okay. Now you're selling me. Biathlon is, is bizarre. But, Bi- there's, but there's a modern pentathlon, which they don't... They don't put on tv it's uh it's like horseback riding uh fencing shooting and uh, used to be wrestling frank said it's like this weird one going back Isn't to ancient like Greeks. swimming too yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's it was like you were it was supposed to frank said you were it was supposed to be like you were an ancient scout so like in your ancient Gr- Greece, you'd be you'd have to like wrestle a guy, and, and then they didn't have shooting, but then you'd have to like fence a guy, and like right away it was like all these skills. Like it's it's insane that they still do it two thousand years later. It's insane. It's like the, it. the heroism event. It's like yes, it, how, how good would you be like, as an action how, hero? How do you train at all these weird things that are not have shooting has nothing to do with fencing, has nothing to do with horseback running, has nothing to do with things that like swimming or yeah, modern pentathlon. Look it up. But track and field events, I uh, go back to, to summer. I love track and field events. I love the fucking one with the pool of water that they set up on the track, like that they had in track and field too. I was like, that's not a real sport. It's a real sport where they have like the it's like a higher it's a higher ledge hurdle that you can jump on and off of or over. And there's a fucking pool of water that they set up. I don't know how they do that. I never saw this. In, they don't do this in high school. So how do you train at these events? If you don't grow up, do it. How? You just decide that that's something you want to do as a teenager, and then your parents have a lot of money, and you go to special training facilities. All right. Mom, I want to. I want to leap the 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 area of water. Real good. But, I want to be the best water leaper. But, no, but tr- you don't need a lot of money to do track. Track is a pair of shoes. Sure. You know. You know. A lot of people from the inner city have done track, and you go to college, you get a scholarship. Um, but modern pentathlon, I agree with you there. How do you like train up to be a horseback rider, fence? shoot a pistol i think it's a pistol um and do all these different things like you you would have to have money or have a sponsor or something to do something that's weird as hell that's not like being a swimmer you can be a swimmer at a high school do you, you just get like thing. a group of elders to like say I mean, you're the chosen one for the hero olympic yeah that's it's, yeah so yeah, check out modern pentathlon that's a weird one there was the ancient pentathlon like i said that was a little bit different because it had like wrestling and you have to like wrestle each other like you would all like like if there was like five people competing, you all wrestle each other for like and see who got the most points. I think it's how it works. Like you all face each other. It's, it's bizarre. Fencing, freestyle swimming, equestrian show jumping, and a final combined event of pistol shooting and cross country running. 
That's, that's, that's awesome. That sounds awesome. That should be a weekly show. I watch that. It's very weird. So the biathlon is a cross-country skiing and shooting with the rifle. Yes. But this is like, this takes it to another level. This is like, fuck you, biathlon. What are, what are you shooting a deer? No, we're, we're pretending we're shooting other people. The biathlon is away. my favorite event in that. Well, it's one of my favorite events. You watch the hockey? Olympic hockey, Olympics hockey is really good. I get pissed when we lose and always come up short and get the silver. Epics is Winter Olympic Games. Is that why? Yeah. That's why you like it. It's another main reason. I played that oh. game so much as a kid. So going back to my trip. So I picked up some stuff, including one thing behind you we'll talk about. You didn't comment on that, on the Ben Cooper costume, mm. which is going to be staring at everyone for every podcast going forward. Um, <laughs> it is creepy. So I have three mutant powers, Ian. You can probably guess two of the three. Where are my three mutant powers? I, have, I don't know, Pat. You're going to have to tell I've, me. I'm really good at seeing in the dark. Okay. I'm really, good, I'm really good at telling time. You know that. Okay. I know time progression. What's the third one? Has to do with trips. I can tell the weight of luggage by picking it up because mm. I've done it so many times. You've seen it. I have. You're so good at it. So... I, I calculated that through feel that the luggage was going to be under 50 pounds going home. And also because I knew that I sold a certain amount of DVDs and Blu-rays. So I know what the weight of each one is kind of in my head. So I was able to pack in my pull-up standee and throw it in there. I was like, it's still going to be under 50 pounds. I pulled it up. I'm like, yeah, it feels under 50 pounds. I weigh it on the scale. 49 and a half pounds. I'm there. Mutant power is intact. Then controversy. I wheel it over to the guy. Controversy. Controversy. That'd be, that'll be my, like, like, impulsive. That'll be my standalone podcast that you want to punch me. Controversy. I weigh it on the, on the, you pre-weigh, then you re-weigh it before you give it to the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like you put your tag on it. It was 52 and a half pounds. It was a whole three, three pound difference. I said, this isn't right. And then I felt like I'm lying to guy. I said, listen, I just weighed it. It said four and a half pounds. And the guy's looking at me like, mm. so then I start to like, open up to take stuff out. I'm not to take out, like, I don't know, that's like 10 to 12 DVD Blu-rays and stuff them in my bag, which is already huge. Then the guy took kind of, like, okay, you're fine. I said, I think I've heard the machines being off. But United, I love United. Usually, you got you to gotta, you gotta get those uh, scales in line with each other. That's how they get you, I think. Come on, you can't be a three-pound difference on two different scales. Turn them up! Not like a half pound. I can see, like, three pounds? Come on. My mutant power is intact there. But no, I had fun. I went to Cheddar's. With the cheddar, cheddars got rid of uh, got rid of the nachos. They they, they streamlined their the cheddars. Used to have a menu that was not cheesecake factory, where it's like a billion pages, but it was like three pages. Now it's just a placard you flip over. I guess they want to simplify, you know, pre-pandemic the food choices. Sure, you, you worked in the business, in the yes. restaurant industry, but you can't get rid of your nachos. You can't because they still have the chips in the menu. They still have like chips and cheese. You got the ingredients right there. You got chicken. You have the nacho ingredients sitting right there. It always blows my mind when a restaurant gets rid of something on the menu that they can make, like it's not ingredient related. Uh, Taco Bell does this all the time. Taco Bell stuff is made out of five different things. Yeah. Five different things. And uh, they brought back the potatoes and they had the potato beefy burrito and uh, it's a great, wonderful, uh, shitty fast food item. Then I go back to get it again and they're like, we don't do that anymore. But they still sell the potatoes and you still make beefy burritos. You just got to mix the potatoes with the the, the the meat. I think they like to do limited items because they always do these big commercial campaigns when they go, oh, this is back. They, you know, that's how they do it. It's almost like the Disney VHSs that they put out. For a limited time, you can eat this gordita crunch wrap. Or, you know what I mean? I think that's what they do. All right. What else is going on, Ian? Uh, I tried watching that new He-Man. He-Man. I tried watching the new He-Man. Well, it's I, not. It's Masters of the Universe. Masters they, of the Universe. Because the original show was He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Him being a Master of the Universe. Uh, now it's just Masters of the Universe. 
Uh, I thought it was He-Man Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah, I think it's just Masters of the Universe. Is it really called He-Man Masters of the Universe Revelation? I mean, we're, we're going to find out. Okay. Uh, no, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah, he's not, okay. he's not on the billing anymore. Um, so uh, I watched the first three episodes of it, and it seemed fine. It was uh, amusing. I'll watch the last two episodes. They released it in five-episode chunks. There's going to be a second part to it, too. Um, that I'm out with. So is the second part the remaining five episodes? I guess. Okay. Yeah. So which, 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 after the reaction, they should have just did all ten at once. It seems like probably. Um, and Netflix has been doing that more and more with their shows. Shows that they and I think uh, in general streaming services have been taking shows that they used to release all at once that you could binge, and they've been breaking them up into chunks. And I think part one of the reasons is obviously monetarily. Uh, it makes sense because that way people can't sign up for one month. And they, they can't sign up for yeah. one month or a, a, a trial period and just binge the show that they want. Um, one of the shows that I watch, Pokemon, Pokemon Journeys, uh, has been doing the same thing. They used to release it in like 45 episode chunks. Now they release it in 12 episode chunks. Um, and I think that may have hurt this He-Man show a little bit because... Uh, I think a lot of people are going to want to wait and see and watch the whole thing. It's pretty good so far. Um, the first episode starts with essentially He-Man. Spoilers, by the way. Spoilers. Uh, I haven't even watched all five episodes. But yeah, spoilers for the early episodes. The end of the first episode uh, is He-Man and Skeletor being basically blinked out of existence. They 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 fight and they disappear. So then the, the episodes following that are like Tila and Evelyn. Um, you know, doing some basic adventuring, but trying to figure out how to bring back He-Man and Skeletor. Bring back their friends, basically. Um, and the evil and the light side. It's not as good as some of the other, I, I would say, modern, you know, uh, animation shows that are aimed at adults and kids. You know, I haven't liked it as much as uh, some of the Avatar stuff or even um, She-Ra. Um, She-Ra! You know, uh, Voltron is another one that comes up, and that wasn't great in its last well, seasons, but it was good at first. So I don't like it as much as those, but I, I, I do find, I mean, it's it's amusing enough. Vani and I will finish watching it, um, the but the going. lack of He-Man, I think, is probably going to oh, go ahead. Uh, upset some people. Oh, that's that's what upset everyone from what I saw, because this is the thing about I've it. seen a lot of people who are like, it's fine, people are overreacting. But it, 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 it seems fine. The other problem I have with it is the art style is good the animation is cheap and i can't oh, really? stress that it's the art is good the anime it's like oh. it's very um i don't know how to say it, it, it they cut frames it just it's it's not like it's not like 30 awful frames. but it, it, it it's it's a pretty yeah it's not, oh, that's it's not o- super smooth an homage to the original right. cartoon because the original cartoon animation was not that good no it wasn't it was like splotchy they would like shift in characters to talk. Like when you think about eighties cartoons and toy properties, like I love, like in terms of the toys, I love the He-Man toy. I like in terms of toys, I had G- a lot of GI Joes and He-Man was probably second for like the amount of toys I had. Like, like it was like one A one B, but I don't remember the cartoon at all. Like I remember obviously the characters. I remember the voices. Who doesn't remember Skeletor's voice and, and you know, and He-Man's voice. 
But oh, I've tried to go back and watch the. It's not. I mean, it's not good. You can't watch the original He-Man. You can watch the original GI Joe. You can watch the original Voltron. You can watch the original Transformers. You cannot watch the original He-Man. And that's because I hate Hanna Barbera cartoons on top because they're just most times just shoddy writing and no so, garbage. I hate uh, Hanna Barbera. So <laughs> He-Man to me was like when people finally look back at He-Man today and the people and the guys like in their forties mostly. It's the toys. It's the toy line. I think more so than 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 the cartoon. Um. The cartoons didn't have... Yeah, it was a well-loved toy line for a lot of good reasons. Uh, yeah, but the toys are great. Toys are, like, like inventive. You have a weird mix of, like... Technology the, the, and Conan, fantasy. The, and... It's like Conan the Barbarian fantasy mixed with, like, tech, sci-fi tech. Yeah. It's like a weird mixture that works. They wear, they wear um, you know, like, hairy, hairy shorts, loincloth stuff, but then they have guns, like laser rifles, right. and they have robots. They have, like, giant spider, uh, you know, r- robots, like Skeletor has. Like, it's, it's really cool mix that somehow worked but the cartoon was ass for the most part i mean like there was no deep storylines that i remember there was no multi-part stories you know there was no there wasn't like any things where i can go back and be like wow as an adult and i i've watched them here and there but i really should go back and watch the whole thing again but if i did i'm I'm gonna be probably like there's a reason i don't remember these cartoons i remember as even as an adult i remember just a lot of specific gi joe cartoons they were memorable I don't remember any specific He-Man cartoons, and I watched He-Man probably just as much as I watched G.I. Joe, and I just don't remember them sure. at all. So that said, I think a reason some people were pissed is because this was promoted as a He-Man show. He's featured heavily in the trailers. Kevin Smith says this is centered around He-Man, and for, the, for these first, I guess his first half, He-Man is mostly absent. So if that's the case, then it's like, well, if, if you led with that, I think people would have been more acceptable. I think people thought this was a bait and switch. I think well, that's what when it came, when the first trailer came out, there was a lot of news going around that said He-Man is not the focal point of this first chunk. I remember sure. that. I remember when it was announced and that that trailer came out, people were already flipping their shit about it. They were like, "Oh, it looks like it's going to be the Tila show and this, that, and the next." But Kevin thing. Smith says, "No, it is about He-Man. That he's front and center." So, well, like, there was some. I think. I think again, maybe He-Man in the last half comes back and is like, "Hey, everyone, it's now more He-Man adventures." I think it, when you go from a show that. Most people just remember in bits and pieces in a general, oh, I like Orko, and I like Man-at-Arms, but the original, again, the original show was not deep at all. So now you have to make a show that's deep based upon that, which is like, it's a conundrum. And, and that's why, you know, there's this Variety article talking about that, about th- this is weird balance you have to keep between, well, fans, of, you want it, you have to appeal to fans of the original, but you have to modernize it and make it a better story. And I don't, I'm not saying that you give him ever, everyone a pass when screwing it up because obviously we've seen this happen recently. You know, tons of there's there's big issues with the you know the newer Star Wars movies, for example. Like, how do you get that balance of we want to appeal to the original fans and what they like, but we want to do something new? And it's a fine line to walk. It's very fine, and most of the time, not most, a lot of times it gets screwed up. I think along the way. I mean, hell, my 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 guy, my more my my guys and gals, the GI Joe movie, the Snake Eyes movies just came out, not getting good reviews. You know, it's not. So I'm like, you got to bring these characters into a modern world. You got to appease old old farts like me, but still appeal to new people. And how do you do that? By the way, and plus, it's so stupid to do a GI Joe Origins movie. That's insane to do that. It doesn't make any sense. But whatever. So I, I'll I'll see the Snake Eyes movie. I'll see it. I'll see it at some point, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah. So, anyway, 
So it looks like uh, they're, they're already we're going to do a CG animated He-Man series that would reboot and update the property for a new generation of children. So this is like a separate thing that they're doing. I'm actually interested in seeing how what that would look like, because uh, because He-Man was a children's cartoon. It was. Um, so anyway, so you're gonna watch the last uh, episodes. I'm, I'm gonna I'll watch them. I feel bad. I, I had Ian. I wanted to say Ian. We should both watch it. I fell asleep. I was gonna watch. Um, I felt. I feel bad. Yeah, Vani wanted to see it too. Okay. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But I, there's a Kevin Smith quote here from this article called "He Man Masters of the uh, called uh, what was it? All the way back up to the top now, Ferguson. Um, uh, Kevin Smith made Netflix's Masters of the Universe revelation specifically to please He Man fans. Some got mad anyway. And without going through the whole article, there's a, a bolded quote from Kevin Smith here that says, uh, You really fucking think Mattel Television, who hired me and paid me money, wants to do a fucking Masters of the Universe show without He Man? Grow the fuck up, man. My guess is that it's probably. I, I, and I, I, while I haven't loved everything Kevin Smith has done in many years, um, I have a feeling Kevin Smith knew what he was doing with the story. And I do. I going back to it. I think this is one of those instances where he tried to make a slow burn story. Netflix wanted to split up what should have been one season into sure. two seasons. And what we got first was five episodes that are leading up to He-Man. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but I, I, like I said, I, I, I enjoyed what I watched. Not as much as some other cartoons I've watched recently, but I will finish it and I'll watch the, the remaining hey. five. Uh, yeah, like, it's not like it's been painful. It's uh, been it's been amusing. Uh, uh, Merman yeah. was the the Merman character was very funny, and you can there are there are definitely moments in the show where you're like that is very much Kevin Smith's writing, like right, right out of a movie. See now I'm now I'm less I, I want to watch it less now because I'm not a fan of Kevin Smith's writing. You know, it was fine when I was a teenager, but then when you grew up, you're like, okay, I'm I'm sort of over this sort of style of writing. But we'll see. The one thing, other thing that people keyed on was that I think in a podcast, Kevin Smith said he was not a fan of He Man growing up so people are like then why is he doing the show which is which is a valid argument absolutely is valid obviously you can look into it and learn about the character you're going to write about but you know you attach a name to it and you know and there you go you get more people watching i get it i get i totally get it but um yeah all right so i'll i'll, I'll retain uh, all judgment until i actually watch it watch it and these whatever these last five episodes come out which i guess like, they do when they split up, like every few months or whatever I yeah it's usually like I think Netflix usually does these drops in like quarters. So yeah, probably three months. Netflix is also developing a live action Pokemon series, which that might be a horror show. It probably is going to be a horror show. <laughs> um, but I like the movie. I like Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I mean, Detective Pikachu was amusing. I enjoyed the way the Pokemon looked. I told my coworker because she was, you know, texting me and uh, trying about it. I don't expect it to be good. I will tune in if they keep. If they keep a similar art style to the uh, Detective Pikachu, I enjoyed seeing like the Pokemon cities in live action. I enjoyed seeing how they brought uh, Pokemon into a live action world. I'd watch it for, I guess, like the setting and for the creatures. But no, I'm not expecting it to be very good. Okay, fair enough. Netflix, Netflix. By the way, I saw an article they they lost five hundred thousand uh, subscribers in the past whatever time period because of the pandemic, maybe or whatever. There's also a lot more options now with Disney Plus. I think that's Peacock really it. I know a lot more people um, who kind of just rotate through yes. services. Netflix was the, the only game in town for the first, I don't know, seven years or six to seven years of streaming. They were like it. They had Hulu come in, but Hulu was like, I think it's an older audience. Hulu probably and Amazon Prime. I, I count separately because you don't get Prime just for that. You get it for free shipping. So it's a tacked on service. 
But uh, no, the salad days are over for Netflix. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, no, I I keep Netflix because I don't watch a lot of TV, so there's usually enough on there for me to watch, and I'm happy with it. But I know a lot of people who do Netflix for a month, and then they'll do yeah. Hulu for a couple months, sure. and then they'll do, they'll you decide get... they want to watch all the Star Trek stuff, so they yeah. do the what the CBS whatever it is. Or well, they got Next Generation, and uh, they got most of those on Netflix right now. Is currently still eventually they're going to go away, probably just be on this CBS. Was it CBS Plus? I don't know what the hell they were even called. The NBC Peacock is the worst name ever for a fucking service, by the way. Yeah, but I know that one. It makes sense to me. Sure. I, I don't forget it. I think it's CBS Plus or whatever for, for that stuff. Um, that's maybe why Netflix is, is expanding into games, Ian. Yeah, Netflix is uh, expanding into video games. We've touched on this before, and I thought it was going to happen. I didn't think it was necessarily going to happen this quickly, though. Um, so they're saying that they're going to do it and sooner than later, I don't think they give an actual time frame here. Um, however, one of the things that they say that I think is, uh, you know, the, the big point of this article is that they're not going to charge more for it. Okay. Uh, Netflix will add games to the service and won't charge them. I call bullshit. Oh, oh, Bravo Sierra is calling. Um, okay. There's no way that they're not going to charge for it. What, well, what this okay. means is I, they're not going to charge a... I don't think they're going to separate it. They're not going to do Netflix and Netflix games. But I guarantee you we see a, a subscription increase. Well, we see a subscription increase every other year at this point. Yeah. I when, mean, I first, when I first got it, was, what, eight, nine bucks, and now it's, what, 13 a month? Yeah, it's 13 a month. So this is definitely right. going to impact, I think, the monthly... Um, what we pay monthly. I, it'll be interesting to see how they roll it out, though. So is this going to just be like stuff like Banner Snatch, or is it actually going to be a game where I can hook up a controller to and play? It's actual uh, video games, okay. is what they're saying. All right. Uh, they, they plan to build on their earlier efforts around interactivity, like Banner Snatch, uh, the Stranger Things, etc. Um, however, the company said these games... Um, oh, however, the company said that these games will only be available on mobile devices for now. I'm going to say this. I don't think... I, I mean... They're trying to just grab whatever they can, but I don't think most people that are going to click on Netflix or want to want to play games. They're they're going to click on Netflix to watch Stranger Things or to watch He Man. Like it could be it could be a waste of effort. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's something a, to be said about the mind frame that you go yeah. into using a program. When I want to watch something, I turn on Netflix because I'm done playing games. Yeah, Netflix is like at, at night. If Vani and I, if it's you know a night where we both worked all day. You know, we get home, we eat dinner, we sit down, she usually checks stuff on her phone, messes around with Pokemon Go, I play something, and then when gaming is done, when interactivity time is done, yeah. Netflix goes on. Yeah, it's like how some people fall asleep watching Sports Center. Maybe I do sometimes. It's like, yeah, you're done. We're just doing this now. Uh, Ars Technica got an early uh this is I think I think Jeff Keeley did as well, got a play date. Yeah, Jeff uh, Keeley did. Uh play date preview. It's not a it's not a full review yet because I know that hey it's probably not ethical to do a review of something that's not totally out yet but it's probably a production model that they, they're giving out uh, playdate preview this is from our pal Sam Mekovich at Ars Technica you won't believe how fun this dorky hundred and seventy nine dollar game system is pre orders start on the twenty ninth by the way yes that was the big thing that was announced last week pre orders on the twenty ninth one seventy nine I will definitely be trying for one and we'll see if I get lucky. Uh, Sam said, I've yet to hand a playdate to a friend without them remarking on just how much they liked it. And usually that praise comes with a statement along the lines of this thing is way better than it looks online. I think, I, and that's the thing about this. It, it's, it's overly quirky, which some people turn them off. It turns, turn, not to turns me on, but like 
that appeals to me more that it goes, it leans into the quirkiness because then it stands out. And that's what you always said. It, sure. There's nothing else like this. It's not a Game Boy. You know, the crank thing is ingenious. Yeah. People, I saw people saying, oh, I don't understand the crank thing. Well, then great. It's not for you. It's for people like Ian or, and I that have like, you know, we think about what you can do with the crank and how much different maybe some gameplay will be. And it's just enough to stand out. And as we've always said, they don't force the use of the crank, but it's there. It's neat. It's fun. You do your mousetrap game and play it with the crank. Turn the crank and down the plank and oh, watch geez. Marvel yeah. walk down the chute and watch it roll and hit the pole. Do you ever right. play mousetrap like the way you were meant to play it? Yes, you put it together by pieces. Yeah. Mouse Most of the time I just set it up. I guarantee it's the craziest trap you'll ever see. I used to like the cat the top hat in the commercial. Mm-hmm. The little cane doing his little, his little dance. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, it's a lot of pre-orders going on right now, Ian, with Steam Decks and Playdates and Analog Pockets. Steam a lot of decks, tech money. I mean, nothing has happened with the Analog Pocket in months. <laughs> but, I mean, but yeah, they'll have more pre-orders come on, I guess, eventually, once the first one's shipped. Yeah. Um, it's a 3 by 3 inch system. It's it's small. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. I think it's smaller than what people expected when they first saw it. Or uh, I think in person. It is, it's, it's smaller when, uh, when you look at it. But all the preview, uh, all, all, everything I've heard from the previews has been fairly positive. People seem to be enjoying it. So I look forward the to it. The Playdate fits nearly in an adult-sized palm. I think we were expecting it to be a bit bigger than that. So it's like, yeah. It's a smaller handheld. It's, it's, it's smaller. That's cute. You got big hands, Ian. You can't, can't, can't go by, by your mitts right there. Uh, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, of course, you have the game. Even Sam commented that it's the software that's going to sell this thing. It's, yeah. It's software sweet. You're getting a bunch of games that are, are going to be unique and done by devs that have done other stuff. Yeah, it's so. a, it's a it's a veritable who's who of uh, you know some of the uh, quirkier games in the past decade. Some indie, you know, some big releases like the guy who did uh, Katamari Damacy. Yeah, he's doing one. So it'll be a fun time, just like at UltimateNintendo.com. It's a fun time there all the time. It's not a, your best. It's a it's a. You, <laughs> I'm having an all. I'm tired, Ian. Um, you can you can, you can have fun shopping for <laughs> enamel pins, t-shirts, limited t-shirts, certain NES and Super Nintendo guidebooks. By the way, I got my uh, my GDR Disney mat, the proper one for N64. I'm going to play that this weekend for that's an upcoming book. Um, yeah, OldSuperNintendo.com. That's what the kids are talking about. Ian's yawning in excitement, and I'm on I'm on Twitch every Wednesday, Twitch.tv/slash/CountryCode, and I'm on Cameo, Cameo.com. Slash Pat Country. Oh, and you can buy uh, in Canada at RetroMTL.com. You can buy the books there. They're Whoa! Getting, they're getting a reorder there. So, Ian, how many labels are on this roll or were on this roll? Oh, Keep in mind that I've sold some on my website, and I did cut off some separately to sell at Retropalooza. So I cut off 25, and I sold the amount that I'll reveal. 720-something. Is that your final answer? So I got the formula yes. from someone that knows maths. The formula is this. This is the formula. It is the roll length equals pi times, in parentheses, uh, r squared minus little r squared. Big R is the radius of the entire roll. Mm -hmm. And then little r is the inner two because there's no stickers right. in there. So you get that. And after you get that, so it's r squared minus little r squared times pi. Subtract then by T, where T equals the thickness of the paper, which I calculated to be about 0.125 millimeters, or about 8 per millimeter. 
you get that. Then finally, you divide it by the height of one sticker. So I calculated the height of one sticker plus the little amount in between to get to the next one. Mm-hmm. You put that. So, and I rounded off to about five places each time. So I was like, okay, not totally accurate, but not going to like 12 places. The final calculation I got, 1,814 stickers on there. Hmm. But, add 25, Pat Math. So 1814, mm-hmm. you're going to like this, how close this is. This is how I think it's correct. 1814 plus 25. And then how many did I sell on my website so far? 172. That makes a total, what was it? 1814. 25 plus 1814 plus 172. That's 2011. Ah. I think there were 2,000 labels 2000 on this. Stickers on on this there? originally it's that's too close not to be a coincidence yeah i, I can see that there you go so whoever wanted only uh lowball me or whatever no i'm just kidding but like someone said i'll give you whatever like 800 on there i know there's a lot on here and when you look at it that makes sense because if i've sold we'll just say 200 off of here so far it hasn't made a dent if there was only 800 200 would have been like a quarter of this does that make sense so like it hasn't made a dent so i've only taken off 10 percent of this this so far so hmm. 10 more to get to the core, basically. There you go. That's how many were on here originally. I think around 2,000. So are these like loaded into a machine and then slapped on? Or were they hand applied? You know, someone could, could let me know. I highly involved. doubt they were hand applied. No, because it, you'd fuck it up. Because yeah, once these are on, up. you can't get them off. Right. I don't know. That's a good question. How would, would that be an automated machine to roll them off onto like a conveyor belt and that's put them on top? That's what I'm guessing, yeah. If a robot, take them off. Something so. like that. So are you happy to know that, Ian? I'm overjoyed. <laughs> overjoyed. All right, what's next year? What's next year? What are we talking about here? Um, we're talking about... Digital uh, Museum digital... for Video Game Worlds? Do oh, okay. You, do you Did, care about that at all? I didn't see it, no. So, <laughs> no clip website lets you freely explore some of the best video game worlds. Um, they've, uh, this is from uh, laptopmag.com. Your source for laptops, I guess. Game developers create beautifully designed video game worlds and levels, but they are rarely appreciated when exploring or revisiting class titles. Thanks to the NoClip.website, gamers can navigate through their favorite games with a whole new perspective. Oh, this is kind of cool. That is kind of neat. So I guess you can walk through and see what's going on? Yeah, so they offer popular video game worlds and levels that can be explored right in your browser. Um, Now you can go through and check out Mario Kart tracks and stuff like that. Uh, classic PlayStation, PC, and Nintendo games. So I'm guessing they like rip these worlds out, and you can just well, I guess that would be why the no clip. You can just zoom around and explore everything. So, so it's kind of neat. They create like a virtual world. You can just sort of saunter around in some levels, like in Super Mario Galaxy, are fully animated, and the maps can be used to reveal secret passageways and collectibles. Um, it's kind of neat. Yeah, because you don't always appreciate the settings in video games. If you're in Mario Kart, yeah, you can notice them walking around, but you're not actually stopping. To well, and I've always wondered that, too. Like, you know, get a bird's eye view and actually see some of the um, architecture and the design that's been put into these levels. Sure. Uh, the website isn't new. Reports date back to 2019. I feel like I heard about this in passing before, so maybe I did then. Um, you can go take a tour right now at the NoClip website. 
They're not sponsoring us, by the way. We just think it's cool. Yeah, it's neat. <laughs> Take a tour right now. Here's our promo Take a tour right now. And then finally, during the intro, Otis Collectibles uh, is offering NWC card shares. So Otis Collectibles. This is just some skeezy shit. They offered us a... It, it, yeah, we have to be transparent. We, we turned down a potential sponsorship through them. We don't, we don't take everything. No. Um, we turn down stuff every other week. So Otis um, is, is a website where you can buy f- somehow fractional shares of collectibles, comic books, baseball cards, sneakers, video games. And you buy and sell those shares based upon the price going up and down like a stock, even though uh, see, it's hard for me to understand because there's no end game to this. I don't know when they sell these items off. They put an initial valuation. They, they buy these items, Otis. Then they say, okay, this is worth, two, let's say, this, like for example, this NWC car, I think they said it's worth like over $200,000. So then they sell shares based upon that price, up to, I guess, probably 50% since, they, since Otis still owns it. Then you buy those shares, and then I guess the shares can fluctuate, and you can do offerings, and you can buy and sell them. And in my head, I'm like, this is no different than buying something like crypto. Because if there's no end in sight and you can't make money off of this directly, what is the point? Well, that's exactly it. The the, the goal uh, the, it, 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 it's simply to appeal to get rich quickers who are enamored with you know the explosion in collectibles. So you buy a share of this NWC that is kept in a central location, and you say you own one fraction of this NWC. And if the NWC becomes extremely expensive. Uh, you know, if the next one is to say goes next one that goes to heritage auction, say it goes, goes for three hundred thousand sure. dollars, your share in that Nintendo World Championships cart goes up. And then I think the idea is, well, you can sell that share to someone else for money because it's worth more now. But see, it, it's it's dumb. See, it's weird. Like if you're telling me there's a plan to sell it eventually, then you get your percentage of the, the sale price. That make it actually makes sense. That would make sense. Okay. But if you're just holding on to this in the hopes of seeing where the market goes along the way, that's so bizarre. That's just bizarre to me. And it's obviously a way for a site like this to make money off of you because then they never have to sell it. But they're going to get a chunk of their money back for buying it. Then maybe they do sell it in the future. I don't know how that works. Would you have, would you have to vote on the potential sale price? Or Otis still says, well, we control the sale price. We own the majority stake. We can sell whatever we want, and then we do the payout. I think that's probably it. But it doesn't sound like that's the goal of the site. The goal is just to get people in, and you pump up the sale, and you can sell your shares to someone else to come along. Comes along. It's so right. fucking weird. I think that's more what it's supposed to be. It's so weird. It, I mean, we have perverted uh, collecting in a way the past couple of years, I think, and and now it's like we, let's let's monetize it in a way that you couldn't possibly have thought of if you were, you know collecting even 10 years ago i never would have thought we i see shares of, of video games being sold never it's like going it. to a restaurant and paying for the smell it's ridiculous um, paying for the smell okay you're not getting that? an actual item you're getting you're getting a whiff of it you're getting a touch of it it's dumb and and then it's not like you can go and and, and have this kept in your house for a weekend or whatever, you know you're not gonna get visitation rights to for your owning whatever your 0.05 percent that you own or what have you on this, I say, yeah, they valued it at two hundred eleven thousand, which I guess basically because this was an eight point five and an eight point zero just sold for one eighty, so that's how they're valuing it. But then, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. They're including the twenty percent on top of the valuation. It looks like for that, but then that goes into their value. I don't fucking know. I don't know. But now you can do it. You can you can own a part of number. What number is this? Three hundred two. You can own a part of three hundred two. I think that's what it is. 
believe that. Is that what it is? I can't see. Wowie Zowie. Great. Great. Uh, 302. Yep. Otisburg. God, I love Gene Hackman. He did, he did a, he came out when, uh, when Richard Donner died. He did a very rare statement. Uh, Gene Hackman not working with Richard Donner. Um, I'm saddened by that. No oh, sure. really? Yeah. I just get Gene Hackman and Dustin Hoffman confused. How fucking dare you? I don't know why. How dare you? Don't know why. I don't either. I watched some of uh, Hoosiers was on the other day. I never watched some of it. I can watch Gene Hackman in anything. Like, absolutely anything I can watch him in. He's like Walter Matthau like that. You can watch him in absolutely anything. And you're just glued to the fucking screen. If they're like real people. Like, that's the best type of actor. They seem like they're just real. There. Is that it for the intro? That's it. I can just talk about Gene Hackman movies for Royal, Royal Tenenbaums. He was great in Bonnie and Clyde. Yep. Obviously, Superman. Fantastic. Even when he plays bad guys, he's great. Uh, the fucking Clint Eastwood one, Un- Unforgiven. He was awesome in that movie as, as the villain. I mean, I, go, go look at Gene Hackman's movies, and you're like, holy shit. He's, he's like not been in any really bad movies. You know, he was the, the one where he was the, uh, the president. That uh, Another Clint Eastwood movie. Uh, where, where Clint Eastwood's a thief and he sees uh, Gene Hackman's like the president and he, and he kills like a, a prostitute or something. You ever see that one? Nope. He, he, so many good movies. Gene Hackman. How long have we been doing this? You should know that I generally just haven't seen movies. My God. How, how are we getting along enough? How are we doing this, Ian? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, Ian. Yes. Uh, There's been a lot of moving and shaking in in the business corporate world in terms of uh, um, misbehavior and... uh, and allegations of, 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 of a sexual discrimination. In, so in, in, in last the... week, yeah, there was a bombshell uh, lawsuit filed against Activision Blizzard um, in the state of California with some uh, truly uh, gross allegations of um, sexual harassment and discrimination um, uh, in the corporate workplace of Activision Blizzard. Um Going through the complaint is it's it's tough to read at at, at, at points. It was a two year investigation by the state. Yeah, two year investigation by the state. When the state gets involved, that's that's big. Yeah, um, and the allegations uh, they're gross. Um, you know everything from you know uh, rape jokes and um, unwanted touching to uh, discussion of cubicle crawls where uh, the dudes get drunk and you know go through the offices harassing women. Um, there was the unfortunate story of a woman who took her own life on a trip with one of her superiors who had brought butt plugs and lube with him uh, and uh, had and had previously had a picture of her vagina shared around uh, during a Christmas party. So it's I mean, it's bad. This, this is stuff you wouldn't see in a movie that's actually happening. This is awful. It's it's absolutely awful. And it is going to have far-reaching repercussions. The lawsuit was filed by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, so they looked into unequal pay, retaliation, I guess, I guess some employees speaking out about it. 
Um, I talk about how HR and I always try to I always try to stress to people HR is not your friend. They are there for the company. Um, you don't need anyway. Uh, <laughs> HR not acting on things that have been told. Um, the agency said that company leadership consistently failed to take steps to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. According to the complaint filed Tuesday in the Los Angeles Superior, Superior Court, female employees make up about 20% of Activision's workforce and are subjected to a per- pervasive frat boy workplace culture, including cube crawls that you said in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees. What, what, is, this? what is this? Fucking, they didn't do that shit on Mad Men for God's sakes. And that show took place in, in the early city. Yeah. You see shit like that happening to this extent. Uh, the ages, this is what got me like that really, I keyed in on this stuff. Now, obviously, that, that awful stuff, but the agency alleges male employees play video games during the workday while delegating responsibilities to female employees. So, like, hey, we're guys, we're going to play video games, and hey, 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 Margaret, you can do my work for me instead. They engage in sexual banner and joke openly about rape, among other things. Female employees allege being held back from promotions because of the possibility they might become pregnant, being criticized for leaving to pick their children up from daycare, and being kicked out of lactation rooms so male colleagues could use the room for meetings, the complaint says. Um, female employees uh, working for World of Warcraft team noted that male employees and supervisors would hit on them, make derogatory comments about rape, and otherwise engage in meeting behavior the agency alleges. There's more. I mean, it's awful. It's some awful stuff. No, it's one of those ones you, you read like, it and I mean you 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 feel it in your stomach for the rest of the day. It's it's disgusting and it's awful. Um and uh the corporate response was not particularly great either. Um the response from uh J. Allen Brack uh was kind of um was it the president of the company yeah kind of blanketed and it, i mean uh, the the one that's very very bad came from fran townsend i'm reading this off of jason schreer's um uh twitter uh Executive Fran Townsend, who was the Homeland Security Advisor to George W. Bush from 04 to 07 and joined Activision just in March, just joined them in March, okay. sent out a very different kind of email that has some Blizzard employees fuming. So there's problems with the jail and Brack one, but it's basic boilerplate. Okay, we've got to we look into, look this. into we, this. We, yeah. we don't accept any of this. Well, I'll just, um, I'll just stop real quick, though, which is funny, though, because they knew there was an investigation going on. When the state goes after you, it's not like that you can't know what's going on. I'd be right. shocked if they didn't know that there was an, a two-year investigation going on. I'd be oh, shocked sure. that they wouldn't uh, be privy to that. They'd probably have to let, they probably would legally, I, I think at some point, or maybe hold on evidence at the end that let, let the corporate lawyers know that, hey, we're doing an investigation on this. You have to turn over documents. You know, you have to do, we have to do discovery and talk. So like, I'd be shocked that they were clueless that this investigation was going on. Sorry, go on. No, that's okay. So um, going back to this response from Fran Townsend, though, I, I will not read the whole thing, but uh, points of it that are, that are just, the, it's, it's uh, uh, this is an oblivious response. The Activision companies of today, the Activision companies that I know, are great companies with good values. When I joined the executive leadership team, I was certain that I was joining a company where I would be valued, treated with respect, and pro- uh, provided opportunities to 
equal to those afforded to the men in the company. For me, this has been true during my time. As a leader, I am committed to making sure that the experience I have is the same as the rest of the organization. We have a leadership team that is committed to these principles in every way. And then she goes through to talk and just lists off all the, you know, campaigns that they have that supposedly in place without talking about how they could possibly not be working. And then um, this is the, the, the end of this is what I think really set off what a set lot off of people. people. Um, we work at a company that truly values equality and fairness. Rest assured that leadership is committed to continuing to maintain a safe, fair, and inclusive workplace. We cannot let egregious actions of others and a truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit damage our culture of respect and equal opportunity that's, for all employees. That's just, just horseshit. That's just the most gutless, just... Um, it, it's both bad because you're you're basically saying the state has no case when the state's going to present a lot of fucking evidence, probably. Right. And it's going to make you look worse. But it, you're way past the point where you it, of working with someone to to help remedy the situation. Now it's gone way past the point of no return. So, so yeah, this is out of your hands, and she's a, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, you, it, she's it, it, desperately scra- scrambling trying to basically contain yeah, it. Yeah, you can't do anything anymore. Active Activision is is fucked. Yeah, like this goes to trial, and they just have a they have a you know they just have a laundry list of complaints and tons of of witnesses that are saying yeah this happened to me. They're gonna call up everyone on something like this. They are fucked. This is this is this is really when the state goes after you. That that's not just like oh it's a couple of people having minor little complaints no 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 they have it the state doesn't go after you unless this stuff is, is usually buttoned up and just talk about not you know, not understanding uh, the privilege of your position you, you're you're a you're in the C suite here and you're saying that well I haven't seen this yes well, of course not yeah because no one's gonna try to harass someone no one's gonna up. walk up to you and yeah. slap your ass no Francis no one's no one's gonna do that no and and so it's everything here it's obviously it's, it's sexual harassment it's sexual discrimination. Uh, which is, you know, it has to do with job promotions and, and terminations. And, you know, the, this is what this is what gets to me because I worked in the corporate world. I was involved with with promoting people and in some cases, unfortunately, letting people go who weren't performing, you know, in a managerial position. Um, you have to be like I could not imagine even for my own benefit. Here's the thing. This company is so big that you could get away with having people not deserving get promoted or people that were deserving get fired in order to cover up your bullshit. I worked at a company where you couldn't afford to do that. And obviously it still could happen with favoritism, but you couldn't afford to promote people that weren't doing their job. And you also couldn't afford to not promote people that were doing a good job because then everyone fucking suffered. Right. Your, my, my day would get worse if I, if I fired someone that was actually doing a good, good job because of their sex. Like that would be insane. Like that's why I can't wrap my mind around people doing this because everyone suffers in the long run. You cannot run a, a company, but again, I'm irrational, and, and it's 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 just insane to me to think about where okay, this woman is being delegated duties that some asshole should be doing because he's fucking playing video games during the day. Like at, at some point. Someone has to step in and say, this is horseshit. It has to stop. Right. This is not efficient. This hurts the bottom line of a business by doing this, even before a lawsuit. What are we fucking doing here? What are we doing? And this sounds like it's rotten from the inside out, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say that like, the CEO of a company knows everything that's going on below, but you have to know something's not right eventually. Like, someone, there has to be some communication. This happened with the Dallas Mavericks the past years. 
where it was embarrassing. They had a, they had a, they, they had complaints about you know sexual harassment, some discrimination, and uh, what's his name running running, running the whole uh, the big, Mark Cuban was like I had no idea some of the stuff was going on. I would think that he probably would get glimpses of bad behavior. Oh, the Not, same thing happened too with yeah. uh, Washington football team. Yes. Uh, when, yeah, they, yeah, there was all so, that talk about like the front offices and basically just being like absolutely abysmal yeah. cesspits of sexual harassment. So it's not like the CEO is going around slapping at women's asses. Obviously, that's probably not happening. But you're hiring people that are enabling behavior doing themselves. It has to come back to you at some point. It's like this gross ignorance of behavior that you're just, oh, it's not really as bad. Maybe are you here? You know what I mean? Or like you would think maybe maybe HR is not communicating it. To some in corporate, I, I guarantee you, some in corporate, some of the, in the higher ups are disgusted by this. Some are probably like, "What the fuck's happening?" But some probably knew about it and it's like, "Well, whatever. We want to just just make make sure it doesn't exist." Well, and that, that's know? that's I think what one of the main focal points of the you know the the, the conversation around this over the past it, week has been is that there are probably a lot of people who don't accept this sort of thing, but people have to speak up and do something. Sure, no, this this didn't happen. This didn't happen in a vacuum. No. This is enabled. This behavior is enabled. There, there are people who who may not have participated in this, but didn't speak up when they should have, and didn't take actions when they should have. Or there might have been fear of retaliation, though. Perhaps that happens as well. That's in this lawsuit as well. But I mean, that goes yeah. back to what you said. It, it, uh, it doesn't sound like this is a a situation where there's a couple bad apples. It sounds like no, that the, the corporate culture is 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 rotten to the core. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, like all leadership's going to have to step down. CEO's going to have to step down. President will have to like. It's going to have to be. Clean house. Bobby Kotick might finally get some sort of fucking reckoning. Every 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 employee, like we're talking, like we're gonna we're gonna turn over a percentage of the company in order to 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 change the whole culture and to save it. Because now it's coming out, Ian. This is this was an update from today. uh, Because I think it was over two thousand employees basically had signed. a petition saying this is horseshit. We don't agree. The response. They, well, we, yeah, yeah, they, don't they were the very response. angry with the response. And put out their own response, being, being that they basically, what do they say? Um, I forgot what they said. They basically said like, this hurts the company putting out an awful corporate response like this. The oh, it does. It makes uh, the company it, look like fucking clown shoes. Yes. That's basically what, what their statement said. I'm trying to find the statement here. But now we are getting talks that on Wednesday the 28th, there's going to be an employee strike. There's going to be a walkout. Wonderful. Uh, in, in response to all this. Um, and um, this is all happening pretty quick. This is all within, you know, with less than a week. This is moving uh, quickly. So according to um, according to the Washington Post article that, yes, um, Blizzard employees plan walkout over companies handling of discrimination, sexual harassment suit. Um, at least 50 employees from Activision Blizzard plan to join a walkout Wednesday. It's going to be more than that, I think. Rallying at the company's headquarters. In How many did they say? It said at least fifty. I think it's been more than. Oh, that, it's going to be more than that. Um, but then you hear that, um, I guess, in France, that they they want to they want to. It seems like uh, what was it I saw about France is that they want to do something bigger on that. Am I mis- mis- mixing up articles here? Um, additional. Here we go. An additional estimated thousand employees plan to support the protest remotely because obviously not everyone's back to work. That's what it is. So it's fifty on location, but remotely. So. People aren't just not going to work. They're going to use a hashtag. I know you say, yeah, hashtag activism. But, hey, people are working from home. This is the way they're getting the word out on it. Yeah, you do what you can. Um, yeah, yeah, I would be surprised if it if it wasn't more than 50. I, I think that um, this is going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, a large moment of solidarity for uh, the people who work in the games industry. Oh, here it is. Um, 
this has this has the article. I'm sorry, I missed it before. So the walkout plan comes after more than 2,600 current and former Activision Blizzard employees signed an open letter sent Monday to the company's leadership. The letter, a copy which the Post obtained, described management's response to the lawsuit as abhorrent and insulting to all that we believe our company should stand for. It's one of the worst responses I've ever seen. There's four specific demands uh, that the employers are trying to. to uh, make here. Uh, the adoption of policies that would improve diversity and representation, transparency around employee compensation by gender and ethnicity, and a third-party audit of the company's reporting structure, human resources, and executive staff. That, to me, that's, you, yeah, you have to audit all this shit. Yeah. Uh, the employees are also seeking to end the inclusion mandatory arbitration clauses in current and future employee contracts. I, I don't know what that means. Oh, here we go. Such clauses send complaints made by employees against the company to a private arbit- arbitrator rather than a lawsuit in a civil court. Ah, I see. That's interesting. That's in all their contracts. So you try to keep it uh, quiet with a private third party to do it instead of potentially opening up to uh, civil action. We wanted demands to be easy to rally behind with the intent that this process will take months, if not years. We want commitments and actions from our leadership to be willing to do the work to implement specific and targeted policies. Part of the work will involve figuring out together the best solutions for these problems. That cannot be done in the space of a soundbite. So um, here's the thing. This doesn't save them from, the, obviously, the California lawsuit. No. Because they're going to go after them for lots of money. Lot, I mean, they're going to hurt them. Oh, yeah. They're fucked in every which way. They're going to hurt them. They're going to find all the employees that felt discriminated against. And there's evidence of or people that were terminated or not promoted and, and felt they had or, or a lot of times uh, employees are made. To, they felt like they, need, they have to quit the company. They're forced out. You know, if they don't go along with some of this behavior. They feel right. like they have to, so like, yeah, and this again. This is a huge video game company. So this is important news. So yeah, it's it's uh it's uh it's it's disappointing, it's sickening, and uh, yeah, this this is gonna take a long time to play out. This isn't gonna be quick. No. So that's what we'll, we'll have to say about it. And uh, obviously we've gotten reports upon other companies with bad behavior in the past, but this has been looks like when you have again a state coming out and suing you, um that's pretty pretty damning. Yeah, it's definitely important to note that um, the state's involvement is very damning. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. And obviously some people uh, will will say like, um, well, I'm not sure, you know, if this is going to be a rallying call to, to unionize because of something like this. Um, it obviously would, would be more beneficial to have a union in a case like this because it probably would never get to this point because at least you'd have a union rep that you can go to to talk about bad behavior. Right. That would be the one positive thing. You wouldn't just be, well, you go to the HR, who, who the fuck knows what HR does to your complaint. You know, oh, I saw someone harassing someone else. You go to HR and be like, oh, yeah, we'll look into it. And they just follow it away. Throw it in a shredder. So that'll all come out. They do that stuff. Because there's like probably laws against doing stuff like that. All right, that's it. I mean, it's not a fucking complaining about a mobile game, but, uh, you know, it's it's important stuff. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel. Stress, anxiety, pain. I've used CBD to help me sleep when I was a little restless. It's helped with anxiety. And there's no harmful side effects. And Fields is a better way to feel better. Why is Fields so awesome? Well, it's premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. And what's it do? Well, it helps you naturally feel better and reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's easy to take. You just take a few drops, place it under your tongue, and you'll feel the difference within minutes. There's real human support, it feels. So if you're new to CBD, they offer a CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to give them a call. Ask those questions. You know, feel better naturally. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. There's no hangover 
or addiction. So join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel anytime. Start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash CU podcast. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash CU podcast. And you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's feels.com slash CU podcast. Start feeling better with feels. All right, Ian, it uh, has not been a uh, positive uh, eight weeks in uh, for in television. Um, they had the disastrous E3 presentation in early June um, that was laughed at by by most people, streamers and journalists that were not impressed by it. Then there was the follow-up uh, disastrous response to try to go after journalists who were reporting on it and threatening them more than one. Um, and then we have now more news coming out. Uh, by the way, there hasn't been a delay yet for this console that's delayed. It ain't going to come out in October. Uh, it's already, we're at late July right now. Um, that uh, the Amiga controller is in rough shape, uh, really rough shape. And one of the games that it's a packing game that needs a controller ha- is basically being retooled. So, so this is what I always try to focus on with the Intellivision. Um, and it, it's no offense to anyone who looks into these things, but I feel like there's been a lot of um, obsessive time spent on things like lag and frame count and things like that. Um, when I think the larger problem with the Amico is the fact that from what we've seen, we have no idea where the software is at. Um, keep in mind, as I state every time we talk about the Amico, uh, this was supposed to be released last October. Then it was supposed to be released in April, and it's supposed to be released this October, and barring some miracle, that delay uh, should have been announced uh, a month ago. Um, Even, and the reasoning for this is the chip shortage. Part shortage. He's missing four key components to release that, that's, the system. That's that's the, the what they're what they're claiming. Yes, um, but that should not have affected game development in any way. Uh, the basically the tale that we've been told is everything has come down to these these parts, and if those parts were available, this would have launched on time. So my question is, why have we not seen demos? Uh, I know there was the Crayola experience. There's these controlled experiences with these certain games. I want to know why we... we sh- I feel like we should be at a point here, if all that is true. These experiences, these 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 uh, shows, should simply be the machines turned on, booted into the main menu with the pack-in games ready to play. Because, again... Nothing has ever been said about the games. These, if, 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 everything, if this would have launched last October, that means these games should have been yes. almost complete if, for a year. If there was a hardware shortage, you should still have completed games. You should still have the completed games if really your only problem was the hardware shortage. Well, during a uh, recent video, uh, a lunchtime tour of, you know, in television headquarters, uh, Neverland, um, it, it is, uh, we got to see... Um, cornhole and apparently cornhole wasn't any fun and apparently them attempting to uh you know the the original controls for cornhole weren't good so they're revamping them so we get to see this and what we see is i have no idea i have zero idea why he would show this to anyone this is a day after their cfo did a did a, a 
more down-to-earth interview. Geek Getaway did a two-hour interview with Nick Richards, CFO, who basically revealed then that the Amico controller was basically troublesome at that point, and that Cornhole had to be basically redone from scratch in terms of the control schemes. The day later, the CEO, I'm not sure with the CFO's knowledge, does a tour video and then shows just how behind they are on Cornhole and how behind they are on the on the, on things like that. I, I did not, I'll admit, I did not watch the CFO video. I am not nearly as obsessed with uh, the Amico as people may think. I check in on it when I need to for topics. I did not watch the CFO's video, but what I saw in terms of response from both people who are excited about the Amico and people who have questions about it was that it was an acceptable interview and that they had wished all the interviews yeah, had been going they're, they're, this way they're, yeah. and that he was honest and fairly transparent. Well, on, honest to, to a point. There's still problems we'll get into. He's still a like yes. I said. But, but, and then immediately the day after, uh, and, and, and this is something that we have seen multiple times with Tommy, Tom, Tom Tellerico, Thomas, uh, Tom to the investors, uh, that he can't help himself. He can't let someone else have the spotlight. He can't. He has to go and do something that's akin to putting his foot in his mouth. So immediately after, we get to see what he calls dev graphics. What you saw was what looked like an alpha test of physics. Pre-pre-alpha. Pre-pre-alpha test of physics for Cornhole that is a, in, it being entirely revamped. Um, the last time he did this was we talked about how we didn't see any new games uh, at the E3 thing. So, like... Two days later, he puts out the exact updated same trailer, trailer, but it's not really updated. It's, it, yeah. it, it's the exact same footage. He yeah. can't, it, and people call him out. He can't help himself. He makes himself look bad at every turn. Um, he should not be the head of a company. That's the bottom line. And what I want to point out about before I, I turn it over to you and you say whatever you want, uh, the uh, cornhole thing. So the whole thing is they're revamping the motion controls. It doesn't look like motion. I have a feeling that this controller is a pain in the ass. The motion controls don't look like they they account for much. They're of not this really game. motion anymore. You you. It's not you hold a button and you throw a bag. It's you pick an angle and then you pick a location. You pick an arc and and you you click on the on the screen to aim your spot you want to throw it at. And, and it looks like the motion control is simply how hard you wang it. Yeah. To so basically, so, so you're you know, not for the power. So meter. you're not aiming anymore with, with the cornhole. Cornhole was, and I joked about how this was going to be the gem. And Cornhole was the only game I was honestly interested in playing. It honestly was. It's like, okay, because this is going to be their Wii. They always said this is going to be our Wii Bowling. Right. This is going to be the game Grandma can pick up, and she can easily... Grandma Grandma Wii Bowling, she just holds down the trigger, right? And you, you wind up, and you throw it, right? That's it. Real simple. Anyone can do it. This is not simple anymore. This is now a three or four step process to throw a beanbag. The reason why the Wii Bowling was successful was because you held down a button and then you just simply said to the person who was playing it, whether they were five or eight. Pretend you're bowling. Pretend you're bowling. This is no longer pretend you're throwing a, a beanbag. No, now, uh, now you have to look at the TV screen. Now you're picking look, on the touch look screen. Look at the touchpad. Now set the arc. Set it, the doesn't, arc. it doesn't sound fun. No, it's not fun. The, the motion control at this point seems to be acting as just another button press. But instead of holding down a button for a certain length of time to get a power up, you're winging it. I have a feeling you could go like this with the controller. You could go like this with the controller. You could go like this with the controller. It's looking for an accelerometer input. So what's most important, though, is that all the Wii games were one-to-one for the most part. Like when you swung with the bat, as you swung, you were swinging the controller. But one-to-one well, I, was truly added with Motion Plus. But yes, it even was the close. early ones mimicked one-to-one yeah. fairly well. When you're doing boxing, you're, you're punching with it. So this is not one-to-one. 
This is literally, and I will bring up leg because it, it, Tommy demonstrated it. Even when he did the toss, oh, it looked very choppy. It was, uh, it was uh, like almost a second behind. Like toss it, and then you see the bag toss. It wasn't one to one. It wasn't even close. So now we're in, now this becomes like a golf game where you're just hitting meters and then seeing it swing. It's like almost almost out of your control. This is not a system seller anymore, and I'm being totally objective. If this was a one-to-one beanbag toss, now you at least have something that you can say is kind of unique, even though you could, there's, a, there's a beanbag throwing game as part of a party pack on the Switch. It exists. The Wii had ones like that, where you throw a beanbag. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if they called it cornhole. So this is bad. But what, what, what was even more damning, though, is that this is borked now, three months before your packing game is going to be released, less than three months. You knew it was this bad. You had to know this, this was bad last year. You had to know it was bad then. It was, it was not ready to go. Oh, and, and Tom Now keeps... you're discovering it? Now you're, or at least now you're revealing it? So now I think they're using this whole bullshit about, well, part shortage is part shortage. When that could be the case, the software was never ready. We really started to get a lot of heat in our, co- our, in our coverage of this. Summer of 2020, we discovered uh, that, hey, there's a bunch of important job listings that aren't filled yet. Firmware engineer, software, multiple software positions. Uh, you know, there was like three or four positions that were like, we were said, well, these guys had, had been filled, you know, sometime in 2019 at least, not 2020. And we were called liars or we didn't know what's going on. And obviously we were correct that they were at least a year behind. Now I see that we were giving it way too much of the benefit of the doubt. They were probably a year and a half to two years behind. Sure. On this project. I mean, you gave this a 50-50 chance of coming out in October, I think, early in the year. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. I'm going to give this a 50-50 chance of this release is next year at this point. Like, I don't know where they're at. So I'm going to go. I'm going to transition from how disappointingly bad now Cornhole has become. And I'm trying to be objective in that because that actually looked interesting to me, honestly. Cornhole. But all jokes aside. Now we're talking about the CFO's interview that he did. And I keyed it on some quotes. And I watched this at 2x speed the best I could. Um, there have been some games in development that have, have shown lag, but it's not systemic. If it's not systemic, why is it sh- on several games that we've seen then? That's all I'm going to say. Why, why is it so- you're claiming it's software specific to certain games then? I think that's bullshit. He said we are not Ferrari, which is funny because Tommy owns a Ferrari. They're, in terms of, of then, you know, we're not going to be the higher class system. I would say, why are you then uh, charging Ferrari console prices then right. for your system? Why are you charging 250 to 300 when that's where you know you can get an Xbox Series S or a Nintendo Switch? Why why are you charging that much for it then? They confirmed, which we always knew. I want I want us to be wrong on something. It's almost too easy being correct on every fucking thing about our predictions about this. They said it the the, the whatever you want to call it physical download package and a key. All games are coded to the console. You're going to basically download, you know, or you're basically going to unlock the games that are on the console. That's what, that's what he said. You're unlocking them. To yeah. play them. Yeah, it's, it's not, a, it's it's not a download cord. No, it's not. And it never was going to be, uh, no matter how many times Tommy said, we've got a big game-changing thing uh, we're doing with, a, with, a, with a, uh, an influencer. I, I mean, no. it's just, uh, just, just saying anything just because they be, have nothing. Be honest. Say we don't have physical media. It's a, it's a saw. It's a, we're gonna put a fucking RFID in a fucking box. I'd at least respect the honesty. Then he said, in the retro space, uh, Nick, 
Nick, the CFO said, in the retro space, physical media has a loaded definition. No, it doesn't. Physical media has a, has a distinct definition. Yes. It is media that is played off of it that you use in conjunction with the console. Yes. That is what physical media means. It's on the media. Your game is not on the media. You are selling a key to get to download basically the media. When Capcom sold a box with a pin and a download code in it, they didn't call it physical media. It's not a loaded definition. You are claiming it to be a low definition because you know it's horseshit to call this physical media in any way at all. And you and you have strung along the fucking, uh, I don't know, 45 to 60-year-olds that are interested in the system because they remember uh, you know, placing in their Astro Smash cartridge. That, that's what it is. Call it what it is. Um, now we get to how far behind they are in game development. Remember this was to launch with, what, 40 games? Something like that, 30 to 40 games originally was supposed to launch with? Yeah. Something like that. Now they, they, uh, Nick is being honest and saying we have 10 or teens of games entering their final stage. Entering their final stage. This console was supposed to come out October 2020, and you still do not have finished games. I would have asked, why haven't they be fi- been finished if we are a year behind schedule? Right. What, what was preventing the software devs from finishing? And they say, well, they didn't have dev kits. I would say, well, isn't, aren't these Unity games? Like, like what, what, what did they need? Like, why are they that? So that's shocking. And if it's 10 or so, what I would ask then also, how many of those 10 were only being worked on because they were funded through German taxpayer money for that weird Bavarian arts grant, like shark, shark and skiing and cornhole and Astro smash and a few others that, are basically being worked on because you got money to pay developers to work What's on. What's the status of independent third-party developers yes. that are known? And there's two that I can think of, and it's Choice Provisions and Other Ocean. What is the status? What are the status on those games? You're talking about, what was it, Breakout, uh, Night Stalker, uh, the D&D game? Cloudy Mountain. Cloudy yeah. Mountain. Like, where are these games at that... We don't talk about Earthward Gym. That hasn't been worked on at all. No, I mean, it's, it's laughable to no, even pretend like claim. that's being worked on. So where are these games that aren't either some one-off mobile port like Evil Knievel that already existed or Rigid Force Redux, a, a game that already existed on multiple platforms, where are the games that are truly original at that weren't uh, funded through taxpayer dollars, through, through German taxpayer That's what I want to know. Because that would tell me the health of the company. Yes. What's the health of, the, of these of these basically first party It would games? tell me about the actual oh. excitement about it too because it's not related simply to um, Intellivision itself. Yes. Um, and then finally, the one quote I'll talk about, if we can achieve half of what good board games and card games achieve, I think we'll find our niche. So, I, so that's, if, that's what your, if that's what your aspirations are for, this, for the lifeblood of your company, we want to achieve half of what good board games and card games can achieve, I think we'll find our niche. You are in trouble. Because board games and card games is, is a whole other avenue. And when you pull out a board yeah, game why and are you games, talking about uh, Why are you talking it's bizarre to, for, to say that. Now, maybe it's just, you know, he wants to just say, like, okay, well, good board games have their own market. We have our own market. I would just say then you can't compete with board games because the board game is like 20 bucks, 
twenty five bucks. Card games is like uh, you know what a pack of Uno cards is what seven dollars. A lot you know? of modern board games are very expensive, closer to fifty, fifty to sixty. Okay. But still, but whatever. You have the old ones laying around for thirty years. You go to the flea market and buy. Them. You sure. Don't, I mean, you're not usually buying new board games every year. You buy them and you hand them down. The game of life is the same one from the eighties. Monopoly is the same one for the last uh, you know seventy years. But here's the point though: is that that experience is entirely different. That is truly simple to get eight people around a board game, six people around a board game, because it's all right there. You're not passing controllers around. You're not downloading apps to have grandma try to figure out. A board game is very simple. A card game is very simple. Hooking up a game console, having people download apps to, to get there is, is the opposite of simple. It is the opposite of simple. Something that I did want to bring up that I think you did too that we didn't, and unfortunately we should have brought it up earlier when we were talking about Cornhole. Um Tom even says in a post that he made to Atari Age that it worked fine with the phone, but it wasn't fun with the controller. A huge admittance that the entire thing that your ego has refused to change that you had to have for the system. This controller. This television controller. Awful. You just said it. I mean, you came out and said that it was awful. It works fine with the phone, but it doesn't work with the controller. Which well, then I would ask, and like, okay, so what tech is in the phone that's not in this controller? I mean, I mean like what is happening here, or or is it just we're going so cheap on just the bargain basement tech? I are guess. we going so cheap on the phone that the 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 controller, the accelerometer doesn't work properly, or or is it or is it just software stuff again? We can't figure it out. And I think it's all a combination of that. I think it's just that I think they went cheap on dev. I think they didn't have money to hire people to do a console properly, and they've been going cheap on the dev for years. And that's not to say the people involved aren't doing the best they can. But it's, it sounds like they're either undermanned or outmanned on ter- in terms of what they need to get a successful console launched. Yeah, keep in mind, when I talk about this, I'm not trying to take shots here at the people who are trying to get the job done. Oh, this no. Is, this is squarely aimed at the idea and Tommy Tellerico. Yeah, it's not on them. It's from the top down, decision making. You get hired to do a job, you do the job best you can. It's not on you. You're not the one who, uh, who came up with an awful idea for... Uh, a, a controller based upon one of the historically worst controllers ever, the Intellivision. But he liked it, so. But he liked it. He liked it when he was ten. So we're gonna we're gonna do that, even though it's not based upon the original Intellivision and it's not based upon nostalgia, which is obviously, yeah, horseshit. Yep. It is. Um, and then just a couple other things. He said the Amiga controller wasn't as fun and, and accurate as he wanted it to be with cornhole. And when you when you see just stuff like that. Um, you just know that they're so far past the point of no return on this controller. They can't get rid of this controller, even though we said get rid of the fucking controller way back. you know. But I, I think what you're going to see going forward, um, if this comes out, this will be a repeat almost entirely, I would say, of what the Atari VCS did. It's going to be we're going to get out the backers, maybe make a few more because that's part of the run, and maybe some stores have a little amount. You're not going to see Walmart carrying this every Walmart across the U.S. That's not no. going to happen. We're going to be lucky if this gets out to backers, I believe. I, I believe we'll be lucky. I, I mean, I hear things on the street. I hear that after the E3 presentation, maybe they lost a decent amount of pre-orders because people lost faith in it. Even on Atari age, people are losing faith, faith after realizing, hey, Cornhole's going to play like shit. It ain't going to be Wii Bowling. That's for sure. Right. So, yep. You know, it is what it is. So, and the CFO and the CEO got to got to you know get on the same page. I, I I'd be shocked if the CFO said, "Hey Tommy, I want you to do a video showing how behind the fucking times we are on cornhole and that yeah. we are not prepared to come out with this. Even if the hardware was ready, now the software is lagging behind. You know, like so, it's just unprofessionalism. And you know, 
I, I guess I don't know why they're waiting to do the delay. Why are you waiting to do the delay? I mean, why? Why are we waiting on this? Because delay? I have a feeling they know they're going to lose even more money. But and you're going to lose it anyway. It makes you look worse. You right. can't hold back no, bad news. It's bad either way. But I mean, as you said about the interview, uh, apparently they said that they they need more money. They oh they, yeah, they're, they're going to do another investment. They round. need another round of investment. Oh yeah, we're going to see another round of investment. This is not in any condition. Like I, the people uh, who still think this is all roses is just oh, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's absolutely strange. It's real strange. You have either a, a, a strange financial attachment or emotional attachment or some weird combination thereof. Where like you cannot see that the health of this company is really bad, and that they are uh, more than a year behind schedule, if not two, it looks like, and that um, your best case scenario is getting, you know, a, a shoddy product at this point. Yeah. That's your best case scenario is getting a shoddy product. And there's other issues uh, I hear with the controller, and we see evidence. We saw evidence at the Corolla event, Corolla event where uh, Tom had four different Amico controllers trying to get one to work and sync up and the kids waiting for the controller. And if this was fully functional, you shouldn't be figuring out, well, I can't get one of four controllers to sync up. There's some, there's some issues here. And one more time before we get the response that they're months away, this was supposed to be released last October. They're not three months from launch. They're nine months late. They are a pregnancy late and soon to be a year. So there you go. All right. That's all for now. But um, yeah, you fucked up cornhole. That's the one thing I honestly wanted to play was Cornhole, and you fucked it up. All right, Ian, we got a, we got a Patreon poll. We do, patreon.com slash podcast. You go. There will be writing. I will get a writing done this week. I'm sorry about last week. It was a very weird, busy week, and I will talk more about that in time. Uh, we also do the full video podcast. Uh, there is... Uh, Patreon poll? Patreon and your, polls? And your monthly hangout? Oh, hangouts, yes. Hangouts, wow. polls. Ian, come on, buddy. My brain just froze. I know. Anyway. So we got we had a poll topic in second place, our favorite second place second, uh, one ever. Arcade games you could not beat as a child that others could, 27%. And in first place, the coolest stuff you have found slash bought at a gaming convention. You hit me on this one first, because I think you're going to do better than I am on this Oh, one. wow. I thought you were prepared. Okay. I have some, but I don't have many. So when you talk about gaming conventions, one of the reasons I like gaming conventions, not just that you commiserate with other weirdos that like old games like, like we do, is that um, you have a chance to, to be shocked sometimes by people bringing out items that you wouldn't normally even think about, uh, like, like uh, video game ephemera, things of that nature. So there's also always a guy at Too Many Games each year um, in Pennsylvania well, before the pandemic, that would have all weird, like, Nintendo uh, merchandise that you wouldn't typically find. For example, have, like, the folders, you know, like like the ones that that you bring to school, like Mario on it or or Link. Would have, like, um, the Rad Racer giveaway plastic glasses that were given away in in a, you know, a fun club uh, magazine. You know, this guy would have them in the little... The little cellophane package that you mail away for. He had like the, the the little mock-up Mike Tyson dolls that were mocked up at like you know CES nineteen eighty seven for Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Like like they just took dolls and made them look like Mike Tyson, basically. Right. Not official merchandise. They're cool, you know things like that that you find. And every once in a while, I'll get drawn in. You'd find stuff like you know like Nintendo cereal stuff. Uh, sitting down there, like the giveaway, the little mini bagatelle they they put in as a giveaway for Nintendo Power. Sure. I think I saw, um, you know, you see, like, um, did I see the hologram shirt in person? 
ever. If so, I would have bought it. Cause that's the one thing I want. Anyone out there wants to sell me the Nintendo serial hologram shirt. That's like the one weird thing I want still. Uh, and, and stuff like that. But you also find a lot of import stuff you wouldn't normally see. Our buddy Carlson always shows up with lots of stuff. Yep. Ian usually picks up something. I'll, I'll try to pick up a thing or two. Just goofy stuff. I think like one year I bought, um, I, since, I, since I love Hudson Soft, one year I bought the um, Super Famicom Bomberman Multitap, which is the shape of the Bomberman head. Yeah. It might be behind me somewhere. I thought that was the Saturn Multitap. That by the Saturn one? I think it was Super Famicom one. Oh, okay. Um, but either way, I would never dream to buy that or to look up something like that on eBay to get it. No, it's something that you definitely buy in the moment because you think it's very cool. Now I'm looking for it behind me. It could be behind me over here somewhere. Um, yeah, it's actually right here. You're right. It could be Saturn. It is a Saturn one. Yeah, I didn't think I'll, they did. I'll, I'll get it out in a second. You got, a, you got a few up while I dig that out? Go for it. So for me, um, I, the, I, I always like seeing the... Uh, Vinyl has started to make a appearance at um, video game conventions, and I think the reason is is it's just it's another collector's market, and people realize that they can uh, take vinyl to you know a convention and find someone who is you know adjacently going to be interested in it. But on top of that, a lot of soundtrack uh, video game soundtracks come out on vinyl these days, so I really enjoy seeing um, the record selection and stuff like that. I can't believe you didn't know what tap you bought. Um, Don't get on me for that. Um, Here it is. Here's a Super Bomberman Saturn multi-tap. Isn't that cute? It's adorable. Sorry, it's adorable. Um, so a lot of times you see like uh, the video, like video game vinyl, uh, the stuff that's done by like Data Discs and other companies, and it can go for you know quite a bit. But what's interesting is seeing like just music vinyl in there and stuff that is kind of like tangentially related. So the one time I was at a, I think it was when I was at Long Island, um, Long someone Island. had the three LP box set for uh, Kankyo Ongaku, which is a uh, Japanese ambient compilation. So stuff that you really don't expect to see. Um, I also like to see all of the uh, modded uh, hardware. Oh, yeah. The modded hardware that is at these conventions. That's always a lot of fun to see. Um, like the backlit Game Boys and stuff like that. The top loaders that have um, AV hacked into them. And uh, one of the nicest things I ever got at a convention was someone actually gave me a backlit uh, GBA, an original GBA backlit, and that's been my go-to Game Boy since I got it like two years ago. It probably won't oh, nice. be replaced until I get you know my analog pocket. Um, speaking of that, uh, Pete, who helps do like uh, some of the elect- electrician stuff at Richapalooza, he modded a GameCube. Um, I think it had I think it had HDMI out on the GameCube, but it also had a little uh, loader for for SD on. I believe so. All the games were on there, mm. and you could still. And you also can play the GBA games, I believe, without the disc. So it, it worked out both that. And I, so he modded that. I guess you can, buy, you can buy the stuff and do the mod on that. I didn't ask how much it was. I was semi-interested. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. The GameCube that you could have ISOs on there. And uh, I didn't know there was a product around there. Uh, I picked up this from Carlson as well. I miss Carlson. I got the uh, PC Engine LT handheld, which has the built-in screen. These go for a, I think I paid 400 for this. They probably go for a lot more than that now. And um, yeah. They they did have their PC Express looking one as well, excuse me, uh, uh, Turbo Express looking one. But this one, obviously, it used to be hard to find. Well, that uh, one's neat too because you can actually attach the CD yes, unit to it. You can attach the CD u- unit to it to the back, right there. I'm, I'm missing the little uh, thing. That the cover over. piece. The cover, unfortunately, I think most of the time they're missing. Um, yeah, it's really cute, and 
Um, stuff like this, again, I would never seek this stuff out, but it's right in front of your face. Like, oh, I haven't seen that before, this import stuff. Uh, I'm going to get that. Uh, in terms of other ephemera, I just picked up what's behind Ian. I got the unused Ben Cooper Legend of Zelda Link costume. That's from 1988. So the Ben Cooper costumes, if you don't know, we always talk about them. They were like the cheap vinyl smock costumes that they would sell. Yep. There, there might have been another company that did it as well. Like I go to drug fair and we're talking like these were costumes were like five bucks, six bucks. They were the cheapest costumes because it was a vinyl smock that was just printed graphics on it. And you yeah, had the, the cheap plastic. The, the smock usually never had like it wasn't like it didn't necessarily look like clothes. Like a He-Man one might say He-Man Masters yes. of the Universe on the front on like a white smock yes. and you got like a Prince Adam weird. mask or so, something like that. So like that Zelda one. It says like Legend of Zelda and has Link. Yeah. You don't look like Link. Yeah, it's, you you're, can see you're that. basically a walking advertiser for the game at that point. Right. It's bizarre. But I didn't know that existed until I saw it. And I was like, I got to have that. That's so fucking goofy. It has never been used. The vinyl's in great shape and the mask is like perfect. So I'm like, you know what? That's the sort of shit that I'm down to buying. That's the only thing I bought at the convention, basically. It's crazy. That's all I bought. I didn't buy any games. There were tons of Genesis games at Retropalooza Houston. Tons of Genesis. If I was a Genesis collector, I'd be going nuts. Lots of cool like shooters and stuff I had never heard of. Things like that. But yeah, that's what it comes down to. Is like, and I, I like weird controllers, but they're hard to, hard to uh, obviously uh, bring back. Stuffed animals. I think I picked up that. Uh, I think I picked up that Luigi. Obviously, I picked up. What did I pick up, Ian? Missing Keys Mario. Missing Keys Mario. Well, I bought it, but then it was it was you know it was mailed to me. So Missing Keys Mario. I didn't know they had that's 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 a nineteen what is it eighty eight eighty nine Mario that they had three sizes of them they sold those at at the Power Fest ninety that might have been just a promo one I had no idea that existed until I saw it that size I am a sucker for giant plush I wish there was a vintage Donkey Kong that big I would have bought it but yeah I picked that up and then I found Luigi on eBay a couple months later and I paired him up so who clapped the toilet Luigi and where's my keys Mario. So yeah, that's it's just fun finding that sort of stuff. It's like um, not like a flea market atmosphere, but you don't know what you're going to find at a convention. I honestly have fun walking around, you know, before it all opens. Yeah, and, like, no, seeing me what too. People have sometimes you find like um, computer game stuff you don't think about. You pick it up. We talked about we talked about uh, Charles used to always sell the handhelds. He'd always have a weird handhelds at PRGE before he got out of that. You know, it, it's good stuff. Any other ones you think of? Any any import stuff that you picked up before? No, I I remember I, I do like going to Portland and seeing like some of the old classic. Uh, I remember sometimes they do like the classic computer setups, and there was a guy who was selling them, um, you know, specifically tricked out for music and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay, yeah, you for always, sale. They were yeah, for sale. For sale. You always see neat stuff. Okay, well there you go. There you have it. And uh, hopefully we'll be back at conventions and seeing all your bright, hopefully vaccinated faces in the future. And uh, you know, we can we can buy some stuff we don't need to have laid around collecting dust like a. Like a Ben Cooper Legend of Zelda outfit. That would be funny if I tried to wear that, but I'd probably split it in two. All right, Ian, we got, uh, we got voice messages, don't we? Mm-hmm. You go to anchor.fm slash the CU podcast, and there you'll find uh, a link. You can use your app. You can use your computer. Keep your message you know, somewhat, somewhat short. It would be, be great. And you could um, you can let us know how much you love or hate us, or if I'm more attractive or less attractive than another podcast host. You can do whatever you want there. Hey, hey, hey! hey Ian, how's it going? Oof. So I got a question for each of you. So, Ian, do you 
can you think you can convince uh, Pat to do a PS1 book instead of a GameCube book? I think it would be a better idea because he already played, like, almost half the games on N64, and they're, they're shorter than GameCube games, so it's something to think about, you know? Do you think you can convince him? you think you can? Yeah. No, I don't what think the, I. What, I do not think that, I could convince him. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, Jim. What do you say? I played half of the GameCube games. He's saying that if you did the N64, you played half of the games that are on the PlayStation because they got ports. Yeah, but the PlayStation library is gigantic. Yes, I know. It's, it's not like 1,500 games or whatever. I cannot convince him. I, I like I like when people throw out, "Hey, can you do this?" Like it would be like, "Yeah, it's like even making a NES Punk video. It's going to take me like 50 hours to do." <laughs> Thank, th- well, thanks for your interest, though. Hey, Pat and Ian, Zappa Video here. Hey. Hypothetical question for you both this time. So bad news, your doctor has given you a year to live. It's exactly a year. For whatever reason, you just drop dead on 3065 because it's, I don't know, MacGuffin's disease. So, but the good news is uh, you're totally fine for that year. So what do you do with that 365? What's on your bucket list? Are you going to take on a masterpiece project? Do you travel the world? Do you spend time and money on friends? Do you go to all the restaurants and eat everything in sight? Do you finish certain video games or are video games no longer a priority given the circumstances? What would you do when you're under a literal deadline? Wow, that's dark. Uh, I don't know how many video, what video games I play besides whatever's on my app when I'm traveling the world. When I'm playing Raid Shadow Legends. You know, I don't, I don't know how much video games I would play if I had a limited amount of time left. I, I don't know that I would be doing much video game playing. I would absolutely sell off what I have, uh, travel with Vani, and eat every meal that I want to eat. Since I'm going to die anyway. Every, every culture's food and just... Yep. Yeah. I, I am going to eat all the food that I can. All the foods in all the places. Um, I guess I'd want to finish whatever projects I worked on because I, w- I, w- I don't know if I want to... Like, like if I had like you know a year to live and when I finish the N64 book, I feel weird not doing that. I guess I can try to hand it off to someone to finish. I don't know. That's like a weird question because some people work until they die. You know, they just, yeah, they, they don't. They, like, that's that's part of their life. It's like I want to work until they die, and and part and, and I like doing these projects. That's like that's something I, I obviously have to enjoy. Otherwise, I'm tor- torture myself just to do it. So that's that's an interesting one, though. It's very interesting. Hey, Pat and Ian, this is Dustin calling from Florida. Pat, I heard you've been flirting with my wife, Stephanie. She's been leaving a few voicemails, and you guys have been going at it back and forth. No, I'm just kidding. We're both big fans, though. My question to you is, what games made you guys buy certain consoles in your life? For instance, for me, playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I had to have a Sega Genesis. Uh, playing GoldenEye at a buddy's house made me want to purchase a Nintendo 64. And seeing that sweet Grand Theft Auto by City commercial made me want to have a PlayStation 2. Uh, what were the games that influenced your console purchases in the past? You guys have a great day. Again, we're big fans. Keep it up. Bye. All right. I think I've mentioned this before, um, but there's two that I can think of. One, just seeing Sonic the Hedgehog. Not playing it. Seeing just Sonic seeing the Hedgehog. No, I, I saw it at the, at a computer store out in... Uh, it was a demo? In Buffalo. It was being demoed somewhere. It was. I remember exactly what zone it was. It was uh, uh, Spring Hill Zone. Um, I saw it and I was like, I want to play that. Um, but the uh, more modern example, and this is 100% true, um, I bought my Xbox 360 specifically to play uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition. 
why you brought that, that up was that was yeah. my main reason for buying it um i knew that there were games on the 360 that i would play or that i'd want to play but i was actually just coming out of a period of time where i wasn't really playing a whole lot of anything the first few years that i lived in san diego and the last couple of years that i lived in buffalo i wasn't playing a whole lot of games i was playing but not a ton um so yeah i, I bought that 360 because i worked at luna Two locations. Two locations in San Diego. And uh, the Pac-Man came out with the neon lights and the shinies, and I was like, I need to play that. So that that's why I bought a 360. And the 360 actually kind of kick-started my modern involvement with video games, getting back into modern games. Um, I guess the closest thing we could say there was one game. The only reason I bought the Sega Saturn used at, um, was it Funkoland I bought it used at, or Electronic Boat 2? No, it was Funkoland, was to get... Six Man Scramble, Fire Pro Wrestling. That was that was the only that was the only game I ever bought for that. I was like, this game is like the best wrestling game ever, and it was at the time. So I probably should have got some of the other imports that that, that came out <laughs> on that as well. But that's the only thing I got for that. Hey guys, love the show and the different ways that you both approach topics. My question is, games are so accessible now in so many ways. You can play most things on an emulator or a Switch or whatever, but I find myself going back to pick up and play a specific physical cartridge or disc. Something about that physical game itself with the actual system I found at a yard sale or whatever grabs me more than just the game itself on whatever emulation medium. Do you have any games or systems that you feel like like you feel like that with? Not just like any copy of the game will do. It's more about a specific disc or cart and a console that you cherish. Um it kind of, yeah, uh, to a degree. I, I I like when I play Dragon Warrior 1, I like to always go back to the NES cartridge I have cuz it was the one I had growing up and at least the last time I checked and now it's probably been about 2 years since I checked again. Um still has my mom and I think my dad's save files oh, wow. on it from, you know, when they played. Um so I'd like to use that cart specifically. In terms of like a general thought, I'm good with emulation on most things, but I really do like to uh play I there's just I, I like to use the Game Boy cartridges. I like to play Game Boy games on an actual Game Boy um, you know, with using the actual cartridges. And of course my PC engine collection is mostly physical. That's another system I like to use the physical media on. I think it's fun switching between, it's such a weird system going from these weird cards to these CDs. Um, at the time it must've felt extraordinarily futuristic. And yeah. even now it, it, it feels like, it feels like a great encapsulation of what 1980s futurism was. Yeah, it was it was the first CD system, so I I think that FM like... Towns Marty I think was the first. CD oh, system. did they got? Did I, they think, come out I first? think that beat it, but uh, it was very it's very close. I could be okay. wrong. I could be wrong. All right, I'll look that up. Um, but that's a good good one with the turbo because the turbo is like you can't. It's the only time they had the hue cards, you know. Yeah, Sega did it partially, but the only yeah. system that really ran with cards was no. was PC Engine. I look at the Sega cards as like okay, stripped down carts. Yeah, it was, it it was, was meant to be budget software yeah. as opposed to an actual like format for carrying games. Yeah, it wasn't quite the same thing, but yeah, uh, it's next year. Hello, guys. Uh, my name is Fred, and I live in Miami. Uh, I don't have a question today for you guys. I just want to let you know. Um, that I am in a hospital, I'm fighting cancer, and listening to your podcast is helping me a lot. Um, it's helping me a lot because um, the days at the hospital get very long, 
and I don't have a lot of to do. I mean, I'm watching YouTube and TV, so I'm waiting every Tuesday for your podcast, and you always help me. So just want to say thank you, guys. Keep the good job. Love you guys. Oh, that's very nice of you, Fred. You're welcome. I, I hope that, you know, things turn around for you, and I, I appreciate that, you know, you listening, and I'm glad that we can, you know, help you pass the time. Keep the faith. Keep strong there, Fred. Hey, Pat and Ian. Big fan here. For, uh, my name's Sean. I'm from Sydney, Australia. Uh, it's not Daco. <laughs> it's Sean. Um, my question for you guys is, is there any games that you have 100%ed or at least attempted to? For example, mine, uh, I've 100%ed Banjo-Kazooie, Medieval Remastered, and Super Mario World. Curious what yours would be. Thank you. Super Mario is like the first one you think of because they had a bonus for that, basically, or at least a designation that you did it. That's like super important, um, or at least one of them. Yeah, Super Mario World for sure. Um, oh God, I try, it's going to be hard for me to think of ones I actually actively went out and, and did. I am absolutely uh, not a 100 percenter at all when it comes to uh, video games. In fact, the only one that I can think of off the top of my head that I ever did, and this was a collaboration with my younger brother, was and I think I mentioned this on here once before too. Is we both um, combined our efforts and unlocked every ship in our type final okay. on the PS2. That counts. It's like a hundred ships. Hundred ships. It's like a hundred ships. And I, at one point, I think we had to resort to just leaving the system on and letting it sit because I think one of the ships was unlocked by it, like having been played a certain what? amount of time. Were all hundred ships different? They played differently, or I, they they had their look different. Yeah. Well, that's that's extreme. There. What are you doing there? How about, how about 50? 50 is more than enough. Buonasera, Uncle Pat and Uncle Ian. How's it going, lads? J-Bo here from London again. Oh, so I enjoy listening to the podcast on my long drives, and Pat always makes me hungry talking about the mozzarella, the brajol, huh? That good Italian food. I'm not Italian myself, but, you know, I enjoy it. Um, and also the extra napkins, man. Gets me hungry before breakfast. So I was wondering, has Pat ever been to Italy and what countries would you like to go and taste the cuisine? I know you're both uh, food lovers. Hit me up, boys. Take care. Peace. J-Bell's driving around, I think, on the, on the wrong side of the road um, there. Um, no, I, I wanted to travel last year. I really did. I wanted to go to Japan last year. I wanted to go to Italy. And I was thinking about Australia. That was gonna be, I, wanted, I actually wanted to travel last year. And um, obviously th- things happened. So yeah, I want to go to Italy. I want to go to uh, go to the UK, go to Scotland, maybe go to go to England. Um, I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Japan. Um, I probably thought, I thought about going to Egypt. Uh, that'd be fun. And, you know, maybe other, other places here and there, but you know, those are, those are on the list uh, right there. I think uh, I'll, I think I'll get to Japan, Italy, and the UK first before anything else, and from there I'll just decide. Maybe Australia because I know a couple people there. And I, don't, I hear it's awesome. Australians are awesome people, and that there's, there's some fun stuff. Or New Zealand as well. It's right there. I, if you go to Australia, you gotta go to New Zealand. It's right there. So those are there. Um, I don't know what foods in New Zealand though. What? Food places that I'd love to go to. I'd love to go to Japan and eat, and that's something Bonnie and I are actively saving up for when when Japan reopens and uh, you know people can go visit again. I will. We will absolutely be there. Um, but other places that I want to go. 
I've always heard great things about Spain. Lots of food oh, writers yeah. and travel writers. Um, Anthony yeah. Bourdain regularly said Spain was pretty much his favorite place to eat. Right. Um, you know, the food was fantastic. And another place that gets brought up a lot is um, Singapore because there's a it's kind of a melting pot of Asian cuisines and cultures. Um, so there's a lot of food there. You just can't watch porn there, but yeah. And then um, as far as the U.S. goes, uh, I actually I would love if there was like a convention in or near Baltimore that we got invited to because Baltimore. I follow a couple of food people um, that are constantly retweeting Baltimore and the food just it, it, it looks kind of like a buffalo wherein why what are you really going there for? But the food just seems like it's fantastic really? in Baltimore. Okay. So I would really like to, you know, eat is, my way through Baltimore is there at some point. Regional cuisine or just that the quality is so uh, good? I mean some of it's regional like crab cakes and okay. stuff like that. Um but you know it just there's lots and lots of good food there it looks like. Okay, thanks Jay Bo. Hello Pat Ian, this is Patrick from Keychain Collectors International, and I would like to know what it would take for you to buy one of those really expensive special editions of a video game. Would it be a certain game or a certain tchotchke you couldn't say no to? <laughs> a lock of Miyamoto's hair? A Danny Sullivan bobblehead? What would it take? I have a Danny Sullivan signature with my copy that I got at PRG a few years ago, so I'm good there. But uh, I don't know. I... I look at some of this cool stuff. I'm like, that looks cool. Then I'm like, where am I going to keep it? That's the first thing I think about. Where am I going to keep this stuff? Where am I going to put the statue? Where am I going to put this or that? And and if I didn't, if I didn't have a huge collection already, I probably would be more open to getting some of the stuff. But now it's just like I'm more in the mindset of clearing out stuff and then worrying about buying more you know, display items, I guess. Sure. Yeah, I don't know if there's really anything that could get me to buy one of those, you know, big, crazy collections. Um, the one that always pops to my mind these days is the Red Dead Redemption 2 crate that didn't even come with the game, but came with, like, chips and playing cards. Oh, yeah, and, that's right. You know, a, a million map. and one fucking things. And I, none of that stuff really appeals to me. Um, I like art books and stuff like that, but even... Those like I've bought, you know, RPGs with soundtracks and art books and I, I don't ever like I flip through them once and then maybe never again. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just at this point and, and and it's been a kind of rapid thing just looking around and being like, I have so much stuff and there's so much stuff that I need to get rid of. It would be very, very difficult for me to be like, I need all this extra tchotchke you know a nice a nice figurine or something a nice art book i could still be sold on that from time to time but you're never going to get me to buy one of those fucking war chests like red dead redemption 2 or the you know fallout with the mask and the knapsack and all that shit yeah i just you like a museum a room just for like uh special edition games like where do you where do you put all that stuff? No need. And then you desperately try to give it away to someone, as I've talked about happening at Luna. You know, people move and they don't want it, and they can't even sell it to us for pennies on the dollar. And it goes in a free bin, or you literally throw it in the trash. It, it's 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 something that those those prey on the pre-release hype. Yes, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. You get all hyped up, and you you can't wait for you know Cyberpunk, and well, you got to wait for Cyberpunk to come out. But what can you do? You can give them more money. You can buy this collector's edition that's got you know a Cyberpunk shirt and a Cyber cyberpunk wristwatch and a sure. cyberpunk macaroni and cheese and it's just it's Ooh, mac and cheese it's yeah they, they those are there specifically to prey on the people who fall victim to hype the most i'll do a couple more here hey pat and Ian, jason from texas again it's not a question for you both it seems that with uh water grade and video games that they're catching up to more current uh, retro gaming systems like it used to be super nintendo nes and older game systems now it's up to 
uh, like the early 2000s, like the original Xbox and the PS1 and PS2 games are getting graded now as well. Um, in your opinion, what are some of your titles you would collect, I guess, for the original Xbox? I st- what would you collect for the original Xbox? I don't know. I, I, I mean, if anything, nothing really. Although the original Xbox did have some interesting Sega titles that came out at that time. Um, Gun Valkyrie, um, Panzer Dragoon Orta, Jet Set Radio Future, uh, Spike Out, uh, Outrun 2. So there are good games on there, but I'm just not interested in collecting Xbox. If I were to, though, I'd probably collect the Sega stuff that came out around that time. Um, and I, I don't know what's collectible on the Xbox. I mean, if you're like, I guess you're looking to get on the ground floor there, Jason. I don't know. Hey, guys. It's Andrew of Ukraine. So one of your late episodes, I guess Ian told that it's a shame that Nintendo ignores Virtual Boy and pretends that Virtual Boy never existed. So just a little fact. Uh, in their late game, Luigi's Mansion 3, that guy, Dr. Ged, or whatever, he gives you a new device, it's Virtual Boy, and it's actually a nice joke about, like, I believe this Virtual Boy is going to be super popular. So, yeah, Nintendo is kind of self-aware about this. Just little detail. Anyway, question, what do you think about franchise of Luigi's Mansion? Thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. Thanks, Andrew. Okay, so Nintendo acknowledge it. Yeah, finally. And again, <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, someone sent me something like I think me Metopia or something acknowledges acknowledged it too. As far as the Luigi's Mansion games go, I, I like them. I don't think they control the best. I have a tough time with the controls, but other than that, I think they're neat. We got one more. We got we got we got to check in with a friend here. One more, and let's do it. Tommy is batting a thousand, baby. <laughs> Just when you losers thought the Amico's dead in the water, it looks like we're starting to turn this franchise around. Did you see that new promo video with all those families playing Amico? The production, the editing. I said, who did this? James Cameron? And that Nintendo Life article. Those guys, they didn't pull any punches, man. Those questions, bro, they were playing hardball with old Tommy Boy. But that's fine. That's fine. They knew I could take it. And if that wasn't enough, GameIndustry.biz just named Intellivision one of the best places to work in 2021, right after GameStop and Walmart. I'm in such a good mood. I'm in such a good mood. I'm going to offer your listeners 25% off their Amico pre-orders. What? Just use promo code BOOM, that's B-O-O-O-O-O-M, to cash in on this sweet deal. And that'll be valid anytime between now and now. Oh no! You can't tease us, Tommy, on the boom. By the way, Tommy Tom, or Thomas in the intelligent did say boom. Oh yeah, twice when demonstrating core hall. So either never Thomas, Tom, Tom, Tom to the investors. So Tom is accurate in saying boom. Tommy's accurate in Tom saying boom. He says boom. Very good. So that's uh, or, well, of course or, he is. They're or, one and the same. Or life. Yeah, of course. You know, they're the same person. The same person. What are you doing, peeling back? The, 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 <laughs> that's what. That's what you. Yeah, so you usually do that, Ian. That's right. All right, that's it. I'm a uh, damp. You're damp. Damp. I put the fan on. Yeah. I appreciate it's, it. It's a little humid. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a hot, well, you got less beard to keep the moisture locked in. Hot blooded. Hot blooded. Check it and see. Got a fever got of 103. What's going on? Come on, baby. Can you do more than dance? Because I'm hot blooded. Hot blooded. Who who did that song? Who was that? Foreigner. For, oh, that's Foreigner. Okay. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. How can I not know what Bomberman accessory I have? And- you bomb.
bought it. <laughs> I, bu- I buy a lot of things, Ian. Well, maybe you should slow down. Have I not slowed down? You have slowed. Besides, weird, creepy Ben Cooper mask you aside. Slowed down. Slowed down? Slowed down. I looked up some of these Ben Cooper costumes. They're interesting, right? There's like trans- I remember seeing the Transformers one. There's a GoBots one. There's a go- oh, my God. Yeah. Do they go for any money? I'm guessing uh, some do. I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a Ben Cooper collection uh, collector out there. Yes. Ben Cooper GoBots. I'm looking up on eBay. GoBots. Um, uh, $120 in Canada. Wow. You can get it. They made action figures. Ben Cooper, 1979. Doctor Strange Jiggler action figure. There's Four, an alien costume, too. Look was at there? It. Oh yeah, my I thought it was like a modern fake, but no, it looks like it was actually alien. a costume that they did in 1979. That's good, because kids should... Well, they, they try to market the toy towards them, too. And it's just, like, it was the it's the early alien, too. It's when it still had the noticeable skull. Oh, that's right. Uh, they came out w- with one... A child one in '92, uh, not Ben Cooper, some other company, but like it's still like a cheap vinyl. It looks like, wow! All right, well, all you all you Ben Cooper fans out there, you're gonna probably be wanting to contact me to buy that. Yes, or there might be a, a crazy Zelda collector out there that'll, that'll offer me some money on it. But no, it's a it, I, that's the only thing I really wanted. They also had a, it was, it was, I forgot to say it was Rich OK Chief who we love. Oh yeah, um, he had a sealed gem roadster gem. My mm-hmm. favorite girls cartoon that I used to watch right after G.I. Joe, right before it. Um, built an AM FM radio in the in the Gem Roadster and no wow. one bought it. Someone he had a he had a pound puppy in the box that I I it was so hard for me not to buy. I was like, I really don't need a box pound puppy, but I almost bought Gem it. Gem stuff can go for a lot of money too. Yeah, they didn't make a lot of it. Yeah. It was fucking Barbie. And they, they put out their own girl band Barbie. You couldn't let them have Gem Barbie. You couldn't let them just have like you had to hone in on that action. You had to do that bizarre. Anyway. All right, that's for the podcast. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye everyone.